Hello and welcome to the Full Time Show, Sports Stars Indian Football Special Podcast. We are back with a brand new episode as the race for the ISL playoff spots heat up. And I'm your host Sham Vasudevan and with me are my colleagues N Sudarshan and Ashin Prasad as we look to talk about all the major happenings of the week gone by in the ISL. We have to start off by talking about how Mumbai City, which after 13 games was the table topper, had a 6-point lead and was widely touted as the champions elect is now well having a massive slip in form they've lost 3 out of the last 5 games and are now 5 points shy of ATM Mohan Bagan who not topped the table so i have to you know jump right into sudarshan and ask you where do you think mumbai city have gone wrong i mean at one point they seemed to be steam rolling and absolutely cruising ahead but now we see them languishing in the second spot yeah it seems like uh, teams have actually found out how they play and more than how they play i think they have found out the way how to stop them there are just two or three key people in midfield if you stop them it seems like the supply chain is just cut off and because when you actually see there is not much an opponent team has to do in studying them because it's pretty much the same eleven that keeps playing again and again and even the replacements that come in like devignation mandar they rotate ogbeche and uh, adam lefondre though they are slightly different strikers they play the same system so you just have to have one plan to stop the team and they seem to have been found out and it might also be because of some amount of lethargy because it's the same team that's that has kept playing their high energy style and also in the last few matches the run has also coincided with uh, boomo being suspended also and uh, all the other team had to do was just stop jahu from playing those passes so they seem to have found out and it's pretty much at the it has come at a very wrong time for them because atk mohan bagan also had that slip but they still had enough time to recover and go on a run that they have gone on so i feel the mumbai i mean teams have worked out how to stop them yeah ashin you know remember i remember how we last spoke about uh, how mumbai city have taken the foot off the pedal and especially have been a little overconfident or careless like example how you know they consider that goal against chennai fc to draw with them where jahu made an absolute howler at the back and was rather too overconfident and lost the ball and uh, you know gave jacobs gave away penalty to jacobs silvester which was you know duly converted where do you think where do you feel like you know they've lost the plot one of the good things which were going for them at the start of the season was how uh, defensively solid they looked amrinder looked the best goalkeeper in the league people were talking about like you know how uh, he could rival gurpreet for the number one spot in the national team and we were just talking about it before we re- recorded right like how they had conceded just four goals from the first 12 matches and since the last six games they have conceded yeah 13 goals which is you know in a way like you know turn their season around like it's been like a lot of uh, mistakes and like when the, when when the teams don't let them like play the game which they want to then you can see another side of mumbai city which like you know it's it's not like very pleasing to the eye against uh, jamshed jamshedpur were like ragged against them right like from the first whistle to the second they didn't give them an inch they didn't let jahu or uh, roblin to like dominate in the midfield 
I think they had the they had taken the least number of shots in that game. I think no, that was the first time where like uh, that was the game where Lobera's team had taken the least number of shots in ISL in four seasons. I'm not sure like if they themselves had taken the foot of the pedal considering they were six points uh, at the top. Like you know they had the lead. It's difficult to uh, like pinpoint and there have been some concerns with like what Sudarshan said like how now Bumu was injured but like he also had some injury issues. throughout the season i think he's played only 13 games so far the season and, uh, and now he's out for two more games because of suspension yeah lucky to win that game against kela blasters as well right like they had a penalty uh, which went in their favor but other than that like mm. you know, blasters had a good game and blasters being blasters they shot themselves in the foot they considered some pretty ordinary goals in the last few matches i've i felt but on the other hand you know atk mohan bagan we also spoken about this in the past where you know we consider them as the 10 team the way habas lines his team is always you know to go for the 10 and then just see it through but we've seen an absolutely new etk mumbai in the last few matches and roy krishna has struck gold he struck i think he's he's got seven eight goals in the last six matches he's been on song and i think that really that new partnership with marcelino who joined the club recently on a um, swap from odisha fc has really worked wonders for etk mumbai and they now have a five point lead at the top and have won five matches in a row if i'm not wrong Yeah, five games in a row, which sees them now occupy the top spot for the AFC Champions League, which I think is a wonderful turnaround, right? Considering where they were like five games ago. And by the time this podcast comes out, they could have wrapped up the uh, league winner shield and the AFC Champions League spot with the match against Hyderabad FC. But like, I think this when we were recording the podcast about the Mohan Bagan's demerger uh, controversy, which mm-hmm. is going on, we were very critical about how they were. just being a 10 team they had scored uh, goals in 12 games they had, i think they had just lost northeast united as well and in the last four uh, six matches they have scored 14 to completely let turn, turn around it's like mumbai has imploded defensively but mohan bagan uh, mohan bagan has taken this uh, perhaps is like added this new leaf uh, to their game and like you know they are attacking uh, football like krishna has scored a lot manveer has uh, stepped up with the goals I'm not sure like how they managed to do it. They managed to get Marcelino and Lenny Rodriguez in the transfer window, <laughs> two mm. proven players in the ISL, and they just like managed to pick them off their rival teams and just like you know strengthen the uh, their attack and midfield. And defense is something which has always been which was going for them. And in the last few matches as well, like you know after that few minor blips in the middle of the season, they've again go- gone back to the Mohan Bagan which we know the. Antonio Habas is ATK and ATK Mohan Bagan. Like even when 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 they go behind, they have they have the ability to like step up and get the uh, score the goals. And on uh, and instances when like you know the game is tight, they manage to get late wins as well. Like Dave Williams got the win against uh, winner against Chennai in the 90th minute. Mm-hmm. Roy Krishna did the same against Tamshedpur in the 86th minute. So yeah, this is uh, I thought I, I should say that like you know they have to lose, but It seems pretty straightforward now. Yeah, I think the difference essentially has been that Mumbai City has conceded 13 goals in the last five games, but ATK Mohan Bagan has scored 13 goals in the last five games. It's almost like you know that movie Freaky Friday where they both like exchange personalities all together. It's almost something like that. Where ATK Mohan Bagan has taken over Mumbai City's goal-scoring form, yeah. and Mumbai City well hasn't really taken over ATK's defensive structure, but for some reason they've just you know completely I feel in a, in a way just like crumbled from what they were. At the, at the start of the season, Abbas obviously has a distinction of being the only coach to have won the ISL twice. 
but you know we initially did criticize him did doubt him saying you know it's too conservative style of football it's too uh, rather drab style of football but now he's really turned it up you think he can take this team all the way through yeah on current form especially yeah it does look like he can uh, lead the side because i still don't know how mumbai can recover from this because mm-hmm. uh, it's not like they are even changing the personnel the same uh, players are playing again and even after the defense has been this leaky i think three of the four center backs have played all the games through this phase for mumbai so i don't know where the turnaround will come and atk mohan bagan like uh, how ashin said they have got two very very good players to strengthen them and i think noshad musa also made a reference to clubs at the top throwing money so i don't know what he meant by that but but yeah adding marcelino and leni and more so marcelino because he offers something like you can see whenever he gets the ball you feel like something is going to happen which was mm-hmm. not always the case with like mohan bagan before that because we knew that the ball if the ball reaches the front three you would know that they can make things happen but marcelino mm-hmm. wherever he gets the ball i think one indication was against the ma- in the match against uh, bfc i think he got the ball deep in his own half and within i think 30 seconds he was in a position to take a shot at gurpreet so that's the kind of ability that he brings and they were frankly have a different dimension now and i don't know if habas would want to take the foot of the pedal because the way they are going a anticipated last day clash between them and mumbai might might become a inconsequential match now so mm. it, it's it's been quite a turnaround and i actually think habas can take them all the way so habas is the is showing signs of perhaps cruising through and sealing off the AFC Champions League spot and the top spot in the ISL group stage which will also make ATK Mohanbagan the league stage winners we only had one that's been introduced last season so last season FC Goa won it and this season Habas's ATK Mohanbagan is well placed to seal yeah the league winners sheet right with ATK Mohanbagan and Mumbai City FC already qualifying for the semi finals we've got a three way race now between FC Goa Hyderabad FC and North East United yes we do have Jamshedpur in sixth who have a very 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 slim chance of making it through but as it stands uh, goa hyderabad northeast are very well uh, positioned to get to sla- snap up the last two spots fc goa now having played 19 games have 30 points uh, and 3 points over hyderabad and northeast both on 27 and both of them have two games in hand fc goa are now unbeaten in 12 games which is a remarkable run of form for them but that included a lot of disappointing draws but they have finally found a purple patch with two two back to back successive wins One was a three-one win over Odisha, and the second was a two-one win over Bengaluru today. They also, at one point, were you know held to drab, disappointing draws. But now that they've found some sort of form, I think it's the right time. They're peaking at the right time, if I can put it that way. But the only disappointing, uh, rather, only downside to it is that now Jorge Ortiz has picked up an injury and he missed the game against Bengaluru. But hopefully, nothing too serious, and he can come back to play in the playoffs if the, if the side makes it through. What, what's your take on FC Goa's? 12 game unbeaten run it's been a very odd season for fc goa considering how they started with the new coach a bunch of new players all the former players were there like you know moving on to rival clubs rival club actually mm. uh, just one and uh, yeah i and i think hey, lenny going to 80 also the rival club 80 game on for that yeah i'll oh, get to, i'll get to that i'll get to that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean like before the start of the season and uh, mm. and juan fernando has also made a lot of he's been like you know getting used to the indian players as well he's made a lot of changes with the, in the goalkeeping area in the central midfield area 
Lenny Rodriguez has been let go and he's gotten the experience of Adil Khan as a central defender i feel like you know the change where donaki james donaki got injured and the times when ivan gonzalez was suspended that's when like you know their form kind of where they uh, went on that six game uh, winless run it was all like draws so where they got they get pegged initially at the start of the game and then they do show the resilience to like come back but in the last two games uh, donaki and uh, ivan gonzalez have been the central defensive partnership although it, it it doesn't like actually properly translate to like you know wins but then like they have some uh, defensive solidity which which they bring uh, to the team and then like you know in terms of the build up from the back considering dheeraj singh is very inexperienced when it comes to playing out with his feet so you know they provide some solidity at the back which they really needed and uh, otis injury today i thought like you know would be a big miss but that didn't prove to be the case i think sudarshan like uh, you were covering the game i think you would be better place to talk about the game against bengaluru yeah they were pretty clinical in the way they did and accomplished exactly what they wanted because when you actually spoke about uh, how they would like to play out from the back and dheeraj is not one of the best at it he actually gave away one goal almost to sunil chetri mm-hmm. playing the way Chetri. he did so for them to have come up with the i i thought more than the first half performance the second half was was uh, defined them because after they scored the two goals for the rest of the 20 25 minutes bsc were just all over them i still don't know how they didn't score more than one goal they should have at least they should have been on level terms when they slipped into the i think so, bengaluru hit the post twice before the half time yeah correct i think clayton silva should have got a hat trick because one header he didn't put it on this thing and one bounce of the bar and for them to regroup in the second half uh, and d- not allowing bfc a single chance at goal for almost 30 35 minutes i think it showed a lot of character because it was a high pressure match and they had to win uh, to stay in the race and so that to put pressure on the other two teams and they admirably held on so i think the last two games have actually shown different kinds of things that they could do in if if in the six disappointing draws we saw we saw some resilience from them the win against odisha actually showed that they can take the game to the opponent and win it and this second half especially showed them that if they have to lock up a game and bolt the door they are quite capable of doing that as well so i wouldn't say they are peaking but they seem to find different ways to actually get the results they want to so they are pretty much in a comfortable po- i mean healthy position to get one of those two playoff spots And while we talk about you know last two games, we also I think definitely have to talk about Ivan Gonzalez and the kind of role that he's playing. You know, he's he's someone I think one of the very few centre backs that actually finds himself in the opposition uh, in the opposition box as well. I mean, he's someone who can run from one end to the other, and he's got a goal to his name. He scored in the three-one win over Odisha, and even against Bengaluru, we saw him right towards the end. He actually made a really good run and nearly sneaked into the goal, which I think kind of sums up how confident this team's under Juan Fernando. Like they know even if. They have only it's only a two-one lead, and you were in, I think I was in the 18th and the 19th minute. It's only two-one lead, you know. But I think that was that also kind of shows the kind of confidence they have, even though they may not have the best defense in the league. I think he's got full faith in his place, which has been a massive boost this season. Yeah, and it's also been a a tough job for him because he continuously lost players to mm. rival club, as Ashin said, and <laughs> to lose like it was not any player. 
any any normal player that goa lost because there was an enma shift in identity as well so at the start of the season we even thought what kind of football would juan fernando play because those people who defined that style were no longer there and during mid season as well they lost lenny to actually accomplish what they have done is pretty admirable and i i feel like you know juan fernando's uh, goa have been more dominating than mumbai city in terms of the passing style you know which we have uh, come to see with lobera in previous uh, times with go teams with goa and also with mumbai city they are impressing much more than like you know wanting to have more of the possession more of the ball i think they are leading the stats in there and they are the top goal scorers this season as well there are signs that like you know this is what they want out of the new coach and why they took the uh, different direction uh, which they did last season when they let go of uh, lobera and they probably want the coach who can lock up like you know in the match against uh, the second half against bengaluru where instead of where they can where they don't implode defensively and that's something mm. they hope they can bring with a new coach in uh, juan fernando and i think he's showing signs of that but like bigger tests await in the next few matches as well for them and they got the fc yeah correct and i just wanted to make this point like if you see goa is also one of the very stable clubs in isl apart from bangalore because they are not chopped and changed much they were zico they had zico and then they had lobera and now they have fernando and zico did well and i think in the last season or the season just before lobera took over i think they finished 8th out of 8 teams so there was no knee jerk reaction they actually give their managers enough time and they also respect the work that they do so i think Fernando was also getting into a culture where he wouldn't have felt anxious the moment certain results don't go their way and it's been it's reflected in the way he has handled the media as well like even we have been wondering why isn't Ishan Pandita starting enough games but i mean he's still stuck to the decision and saying he's a great player but he needs more time and results are there to show you can't just say that he's not using it so he's not getting the results so he's been very calm and collected about the way He has gone over this job, and uh, that's something very, very nice to see. I think the only downside, or the negative to FC Goa this season, has been the fact that they've used three keepers, which I think, in some sense, has been a bit of a cause of concern. They began with Mohammad Nawaz, but then eventually he was restrained to the bench because he he didn't sign a a contract extension. Then came a Navin Kumar. He's also tipped to go to that one rival club, I think. He's been tipped to a couple of clubs, but the rival club is one of the many. But yeah, and then came Navin Kumar, and then now Dheerat Singh, the latest winter acquisition, he has looked. I mean, I don't want to put him down, but I would say Ashley looks really bad. I mean, I don't want to sugarcoat it, but I think he's looked really bad at the back. He looks very nervous, and uh, at the yeah. end of the match with Bangalore, actually Suresh and him were holding their hands together, and uh, because they were, I think, under seventeen teammates, so uh, I really hope it clicks for uh, Dheerat the way it has for Suresh. So. Yeah, I mean, but he's like, young. He's one. He's a youngster, but so was Mohammad Nawaz. And Nawaz, I think it took him. Of course, he was given more time to really settle in and stuff. But like Dheeraj, you know, has been got in and it, it, at at a very crucial juncture. And he's a struggled to play the ball out from the back, which essentially isn't his natural form of style of play. And even his, you know, like most of his collection when it comes to long balls, or long throws in, and and for the set pieces, his collection is just off. It's it's not not been getting close to the ball. He's either spilling it or just making a mess of it. And now in six games, he's not kept a single clean sheet, and he's conceded. 12 goals in 6 games so I that's mean, probably one cause of concern that they would probably need to address going ahead he is a bit flappy like when he when he calls out to come for the ball like he comes up and like he he 
he doesn't pack a good punch when he punches them and, and then like when he grabs it also he tends to like expel it from time to time he's considered 11 goals i'm sorry not 12 i just checked the stats he's considered 11 in six matches yeah and i think like teams if they were like smart enough they could actually target him much better mm-hmm. did against mohammad nawaz right like he's a keeper of a smaller stature if from corners and free kicks like if you whip in whip it in and like you know you you pack the goalkeeper with like you know surround him with like you know bigger players you could like target him much much more a surprise like bengaluru yeah. didn't do that more today speaking on what ashin says i mean those goalkeepers who are not very confident of uh, packing a punch like sham said or even collection a lot of them get uh, bombarded with long range shots and i was mm. actually waiting for bfc to take some but today glan martins was just superb in tracking down everybody and did, he just didn't allow anybody to take a shot because BFC has this penchant, especially Creighton Silva has this penchant to take long-range shots. Like, just, I mean, it will just seem outlandish, but even if it's at the goal and the goalkeeper can't actually collect it, even if he if he parries it away to the first available striker there, so it's 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 a good chance. So, I also feel that their midfield has to be given some credit in the way they mm-hmm. didn't allow BFC into any of those uh, long-range shots that might actually. Trouble there in experience keeper. Right, so FC Goa is well positioned right now to snap up one of the two available playoff spots. Chasing them is Hyderabad FC in the fourth position now. 18 games, 27 matches. Hyderabad have been one of the most consistent sides this season. So I haven't played in a bit. It's been a week since I last played. The last game was a 4-0 thumping of Kerala Blasters, which led to a certain coach being sacked, Kibo Vikuna, who was sacked right after that right after that game. But yeah, Hyderabad now have been dealt with a bit of a strong blow in Ashish Rai, who's been Who's reportedly out injured for at least two more matches? He won't be available for the remainder of the league stage, which could be a bit of a blow for Hyderabad FC. But yes, well stationed, well positioned again. They've got two games in hand, and they could potentially uh, move to 33 points if they were to win both their upcoming fixtures. They play ATK Mohun Bagan, which is on 22nd of February, and then they followed up with a game against Goa on the 28th of February in the last league, on the last day, on the last match day of the league stage. So they've got two. Massive fixtures ahead of them. How do you guys rate their chances, Sudarshan? I'll start off with you. Two very tough matches because ATK Mohan Mohan would want to seal their spot, so you can't even expect them to use their substitute players or whatever because they still haven't showed up uh, the top position. And against Goa, it will be literally either or whoever wins that game goes through. So I think they have had a they have a very tough run in, and considering that they haven't played for a Almost a week. I am not sure whether it will aid them in getting their uh, players some rest, or whether it will just disrupt their momentum. But they do have a task at their hand because it's it's it. I mean, these are two massive games as well as two very tough games for them to get results. I... And Ashwin, you, you you've been very vocal of the Hyderabad FC team being one of the most enterprising teams to watch this season, and the Indian contingent being absolutely fantastic. So, what are your thoughts? I personally, after the win against Kerala Blasters, I backed. I thought they were the favourites to go through, even <laughs> the difficult fixtures. But Goa winning the two games in two games in hand, which they had, it's just like now the pressure is all on Hyderabad. Now I feel like you know now it could prove to be a big ask for them, particularly like you know uh, because Ashish Rai's injury could prove to be a big factor because their back four has literally been like you know. inseparable like you know they have started almost every match together ashish uh, akash chinglan sena and ore on india 
I think only probably one match where they might have not played together. And I think he that could prove to be a, a factor. Nikhil Pujari is the uh, replacement. I feel like, who is a winger who is converted into a right back this season. So I'm not mm-hmm. sure how he is going to uh, fit into that uh, team. To be honest, Hyderabad's goals have kind of like dried up, except for the match against Kerala Blasters where they got a lot of gifts from Kerala centre backs, Costa and uh, <laughs> Connie. They just like wanted to. <laughs> I am, <I'm, laughs> yeah. They just like kept. Awarding like you know some chances out of chance after chances for uh, Hyderabad to score and then they took that. But in the previous matches against Chennai, two they scored two. Uh, okay, I'll just like get the stat right. Five in five, they scored five goals in the last five games before the four-zero win over Blasters. Yeah, and even before that, they had scored just once in three games. So the goals have kind of dried up. Probably the teams are now like you know letting them. have the ball and like you know sitting back and not giving them the space to play the kind of game which they have uh, played liston after that two goal show against northeast he hasn't had much of an impact he hasn't been afforded the space as well to like you know thrive and uh, probably they are because of the the high intensity football which they play and the it's almost like a similar 11 playing almost every game after each other could mm. be mm. like running out of steam as well so that could be one reason but yeah they have to like you know get get themselves going for the two big games now yeah, and atk rsi which can actually exploit such a yeah situation because if you actually allow them to just sit back the way habas teams do and now they seem to be very capable of scoring goals from whichever position or wherever they are so yeah it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty tough ask for hyderabad and level on points with hyderabad fc is northeast united who are also on 27 points after 18 matches northeast united under khalid jamil has not lost a single game in seven matches and they last earned a very 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 tense 3-3 draw with chennai nfc where luis mashar scored deep into stoppage time from a penalty spot to earn a 3-3 draw northeast united has two clashes remaining and they both are relatively easier compared to hyderabad fc they first face sc is being on the 23rd and then Kerala Blasters on the 26th. Both the clubs are well out of the play- uh, playoff contentions. On paper, at least, looks like Northeast United has the easier of the two fixtures. Do you guys feel Khalid Jamil can see this campaign through for them and take them to the playoffs? He's actually revolutionized the way they play. It's a more freer style of football, and you've seen players like Louis uh, Louis Mushardo and Fatiko Kaleo really come alive under Khalid Jamil. And if you could take them through, it would be quite a statement to make as well. Like uh, you know, an Indian coach taking the team into the playoffs. Quite a statement. I mean, I didn't expect a turnaround from Northeast, to be honest. And I don't see much of a change in play in terms of in, the, in terms of the style of football because it's pretty similar. It's it's like you know they are much more like intense in their pressing uh, in terms of breaking forward. And a big positive has been that like you know he has had Galeho fit for most of the seven games except the last one where he missed out due to injury. Mm-hmm. he has the ability to like you know pick out runners passes and get at will and get the goals as well like you know when needed one thing which jamil has done is like you know he has packed the front six with like you know four foreigners where he has let the best players to like you know thrive machado uh, deshon brown galeho and uh, kasa kamara and uh, that has been one change which he has uh, which is which is very prominent from the time from gerardo 
uh, he is back mashur sharif to like you know partner benjamin lambo at the back and ashutosh and gurjinder have been defensively solid for most of the season and they have continued to be that they were the league winning uh, full backs from the mohan bagan side like you know and i can't believe that like they managed to like snap them up <laughs> from mohan bagan and yeah that like you know they have been instrumental in, in their sides rise and ashutosh mehta is someone who has worked with college jamil before yeah i, I think like he had a way, bad game against chennai though he very uh, publicly apologized later ashutosh said that like he was at fault for all three goals so thing like uh, he will have a point to prove in the next game but yeah northeast like you said like they have a good run of easier run of uh, fixtures coming their way but again like teams which don't have much to play for also could like try to like have a to a point here sure. <laughs> yeah. and that brings us to the last possible entrant into the playoff race very very outside chance but jamshedpur fc currently on 24 points in 19 games if it wins its next game and Miraculously, North East United and Hyderabad FC both drop points, and they could potentially have a chance. But again, it's a very, very, very outside chance. Shamshedpur did win their last game, which was a massive two-one win over two-zero win over Mumbai City, and they next play Bangalore FC in the last fixture. And Bangalore FC were knocked out of the race for the playoffs today, where they lost to FC Goa, and that pretty much sums up the race for the playoff spots. So it's a, it's a three-way tussle between FC Goa, Hyderabad FC, and North East United. with jamshedpur meeting the very 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 outside chance of possibly sneaking through only if hyderabad fc and northeast united both drop points in both the next matches i just want to say one thing which own coil also pointed out in the post match press conference that ghost goal which didn't happen alexander oh, yeah. alex lima against goa if that had gone in we could have uh, seen where jamshedpur being ahead of Goa and them taking the one of the playoff spots or one something to like ponder about. <laughs> But the refereeing has been a very 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 debated topic this season. I think yeah. we've covered that in almost every episode of the podcast. We've spoken about some aspect of the refereeing, which you know has been either a, to- a topic of debate or a topic of of or of of some sense it's been it's been it's been match changing in most games to put it in a certain manner. And that also sees uh, two of SC's Bengal's coaches once again. Find themselves in the radar of the AFF Disciplinary Committee. Robbie Fowler, already serving a four-match ban, has been showcased by the AFF Disciplinary Committee once again for making, I think, these are offensive remarks to the opposition bench from the stands in the game against Hyderabad FC. So he has been showcased by the AFF Disciplinary Committee, and his assistant coach Tony Grant has also been showcased for his remarks to the officials post the game in the same game as well. There's some more trouble brewing for SC's Bengal there. While Edu Bedia, who had allegedly bit Deepak Tangri when FC Goa played Chennai FC, has been cleared of all charges. I don't know. Well, well, most people felt that he had perhaps got a nibble or two. Or okay, nibble is probably too subtle, <laughs> probably too nice. <laughs> got a bite or two at Deepak Tangri's midriff region. The officials thought it wasn't it wasn't intentional. There was no malice intended. So he has been let go off. While Hugo Bumus has been awarded a two match additional two match suspension. For his refusal to leave the pitch after the game, again it was it was also said that like he used abusive language towards the match official. Three. Ah yes, Mumbai City. Sorry, that's against Goa. Correct. Eighth of February. Right. So yes, he got a red card in in I think the minute uh, when Mumbai City got the equalizer, and then he refused, and then he came back on the pitch Goa after got, the game. Goa got the. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I'm so used to associating 
<laughs> Hugo Pumis and FC Goa. Yeah. So he he got sent off the minute FC Goa got the equalizer, and then he came back on the pitch after that, despite being sent off. And then I think he had an argument or two with the match official, and was hence has been handed a longer suspension. And the other, of course, big topic of discussion, which we kind of veered away from, I think we should end this podcast with that is the sacking of Kibu Bhutan at Kerala Blasters. After the 4-0 loss to Hyderabad FC, the Blasters management announced that Kibu Bhutan. Okay, maybe sacking is not the right technical term. I stand corrected. It was mutually parted ways. Announced that you know um, the club announced that uh, we could not decide to um, step away and um, mutually part ways with the club, thereby making him the ninth manager to vacate the coaching position at Kerala Blasters. Uh, Ishfaq Ahmed, the assistant coach, has been made the interim head coach, and he has been he he becomes the fourth Indian to become to be named interim head coach this season after Khalid Jamal and North East United. Nawshad Musa at Bangalore FC, Stephen Dias at Odisha FC, Jerry Peaton, who was the assistant coach, has has ha- had to go back home to Japan for personal reasons. So Stephen Dias has taken over, and now Ishfaq Ahmed is the head interim head coach at Kerala Blasters. You guys want to quickly weigh in on Kibo Vikuna and his time at Kerala Blasters? Where do I start? Uh, I feel like he he was dealt a hard hand with with the with some of the you know players which he. didn't get at the start of the season and i yeah the center back pairing man like you know costa and uh, bakare kone um, i think they will go down in history as one of the worst center back pairing in indian football they have conceded 33 goals the most uh, the worst defensive record in the league they they just like they just want to like lunge in like you know if they see a sign of danger they just want to add more to it <laughs> more <laughs> fire to it by like you know making a making it easier for the opposition to like you know by making another mistake and it's just been a th- theme of the season they start they start off matches by uh, considering a lot of errors and this is something which like i had uh, spoken about in the pre in the preseason part right like where kela plus's defense could be their undoing where uh, while playing out from the back they make a lot of errors both the goalkeeper and the center backs they just like you know they get caught out in like you know very difficult positions where they can't like get out of where the opposition are all over them at the start and they have to like play catch up for most part of the game they did i think in terms of the attacking football there was something different from what we have uh, seen in at under elko shatori but they did miss a few chances as well gary hooper has come good in the second half of the season but in the sec- first half he's a uh, looked a player very short of confidence he couldn't like score he couldn't take chances from those uh, open goal uh, chances which he had but then like now he's from like 30 yards 40 yards he has like he looks like a very different player and yeah kibu vikuna he's in terms of the attacking football like there is a lot of it's a refreshing change but defensively he's been let down by a lot of players he's made a lot of changes in the back as well he tried with hakku jackson singh sandeep and like you said nishu kumar was uh, injured for most part of the season jessel carnero hasn't looked the same player from last season uh, three i think two, two three right left backs have been tried so only the goalkeeper position is where like you know there has been some solidity like some consistency sorry but uh, other positions it's not been the same they lost their captain as well right at the start of the season Sergio Sudan, they lost their captain. Sergio Sudan, yes, ankle injury uh, due to injury. Right ankle. Yeah, and he was he looked a different player from last season. He was more of an attacking player. 
he after some after the second game he was ruled out for the rest of the season blasters man they just do this merry go round like every every season like there's been a change in uh, coach like there should be like something like make kerala blasters relevant again campaign <laughs> uh, to make them because they, they they have a good fan base to work with right like they have the best one of the best fan bases in the isl and but then like you know the the board <laughs> uh lets them down like consistently but despite that like their fans continue to support them so yeah too bad and yeah bikuna i felt deserved better yeah i was also very curious about the timing like uh, there were some two or three games left and unless you have a tournament another tournament in which you have to salvage things i don't see i didn't see the point of sacking him because considering they might just play their after this campaign nothing might happen till the next october so i was very curious with the timing and one thing about the fan base that you wanted to say might also be this that just because they have such a committed fan base they want to show that they are doing something so they might that might actually force them to act more fickle so no, you never know because with one thing which uh, like regarding that i felt bikuna had backing from the fans like from whatever i've mm-hmm. seen online at least that's the most we can like gander from them. okay mm-hmm. do seem to back him like the football has been like you know more pro- progressive from what it was under ilko steve coppel david james so mm-hmm. it's a refreshing watch but then like yeah and i don't understand this this late season sackings uh from these isl clubs because you have to pay more in severance right like to let go of the uh coach yeah which are struggling financially but then i think it's 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 more to show intent like how <laughs> some some people want to show because just to show that we are not immune to what the results are on pitch like we want to show that we are doing something so maybe the intent they couldn't show like from the start of this at the start before the start of the season midway in the january transfer where they could have backed the coach <laughs> with when the season is over two matches left to play they want to show <laughs> intent so that's something which is very hard to like wrap my head around all right then that brings us to the end of this episode of the full time show now before we wind up i'd like to quickly plug the last episode of the full time show which was an exclusive interaction with odisha fc ceo rohan sharma and club president raj athwal about a scandal that rocked the club when their now former coach stuart baxter used to rape analogy in a post match press conference from the incident and the president the team's response set to the larger conversation about trivializing sexual violence in sport this episode deals with it all so make sure you go check out that episode and and another bit of exciting news is the fact that this poster aces awards are back yes you heard that right and we're doing things a little differently here we're not doing the same way as we did last year where we awarded sports persons based on their current form or last season we're doing this based on sports persons and their performances over the last decade so we've got two footballers and a football club in the fray we've got sunil chetri who's been nominated for sports person of decade in uh, in team sport and we've also got bala devi who's been nominated for the sports woman of the decade and team sport and lastly we've got bengaluru fc which is nominated for the club of the decade so make sure you do go and vote i'll put the link down in the description below so it'll be easy for you to go and vote but the voting lands close on 28th of february so make sure you have your voice heard and make sure you go cast your vote and until then 
this is it from us at the full time show make sure you subscribe and support us if there's any topic that you would want us to discuss if you or if you have any feedback for us please do let us know you can find us on all social media platforms at, at @sportstarweb on facebook twitter and instagram so that brings us to the end and until next time this is goodbye from everyone at sportstar Bye.